It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, it's Mariner's Pod. Thanks for being back once again. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Mariner's had a very interesting one that we'll talk about, uh, especially with Jared Kelnick. So we have a lot to dive into with the Mariners against the Royals over the weekend. We'll also talk to the voice of the Modesto Nuts, Keaton Gologli. It's kind of funny timing. Uh, Modesto had a combined no-hitter that we'll talk about. And also, I don't know if you caught... Jason Stark's article in The Athletic, but it was really interesting. It's about the pitch clock going on in the old California League, which, of course, Modesto is part of. And I read it with a lot of fascination. Check it out if you have a chance. Uh, But then as I'm reading, I'm like, hey, Keaton, good friend of ours. We can bring him on and talk all about it. So even if you can't access it, uh, we'll talk to Keaton about what he has seen. He's experienced, watch it every day. So what he's seen from the pitch clock and kind of the rules surrounding it. So that conversation will come up at the end of the podcast. In the meantime, the Mariners taken on Kansas City Royals for three games in Kansas City. And game one went just fine. Chris Flexen was solid again. And Jared Kelnick, a very big night with a couple of home runs. Here's the stretch and the 3-2 to Kelnick. Breaking ball, swing, and a fly ball deep center field. Taylor going back to the one track, looking up, and goodbye baseball off the batter's eye. Straight away center Jared Kelnick with his second home run of the night in his second at-bat. And it really would be a sign of things to come in the series for Kelnick as the Mariners took game one of the series 6-2. to two. Now, games two and three, you could not get more opposite ball games. Game two was just not the Mariners' night. Only three hits offensively, not a clean game defensively. Kikuchi really struggled, nearly threw 90 pitches in three innings. Royals won game two in a very forgettable game, 8-1. to one. Mariners, though, bounced back in game three as again, Jared Kelnick, another big day. Swing and he mashes this out to right center field. This is on the track. Taylor watching and it's gone. Kelnick going deep in KC again. It's his third round tripper of the series and his third run batted in today. So Kelnick three for four, drives in three, draws a walk, hits a home run as he had a marvelous day. Hanniger with Hilmer as well, his 34th of the season uh, but as far as homers go, it is tough to beat Jake Bowers. The pitch to Bowers. He swings and mashes this to right field. This has a ticket for the Fountains. This is gone. And it's a splashdown into the Fountains. Bowers, his fourth this year. And that one is going for a float. That was the longest of the year for the Mariners. The seventh longest in Mariners StatCast history. I mean, we're talking Zanino and Nelson Cruz. That too exists at the top of that list. And Bowers now among them as he just crushed it into water, which is always fun. 
So really good day for the M's as offensively panned out 11 hits. They get seven runs on the board. And Logan Gilbert was sensational. Seven innings of work, three hits, just one run, one walk, five strikeouts. He was excellent. After the Rockies start in the previous game by Kikuchi, nice bounce back for the M's as they take the series. So a lot to hear from, I think. Uh, let's start with Scott Service. Our future, the young pups, uh, led the way today. Uh, obviously, Logan Gilbert has just been outstanding. Um, certainly the last uh, three starts coming into this one, and he carried it over today. Uh, Really threw the ball well uh, against a team that obviously did, had hit the ball uh, pretty good uh, off him last time he faced him. So uh, outstanding outing in total control, and he put an exclamation point on it with the the, the athletic play at the end. So uh, great, great outing for him. Obviously, Jared Kelnick got us going offensively today, uh, really locked in in this series, and you start to see him relax, and uh, we see the talent come out and, and the confidence growing on a daily basis. And you know, lineup change today. Ty France uh, got it going. Demo played a good game. Uh, thought we did a nice job all the way around today. The key to the game is certainly that early in the game. You know, it's kind of a hot day over here. Your starting pitcher comes out, takes control, sets the tempo. Our offense is on top of them. Not just the first inning, but we stayed, kept constant pressure on them, which was nice. Uh, you know, needed to win this series. We won the series. We'll head to Oakland, see what happens over there. So I'll take any questions. Scott, it looked like you made – Kowar worked from the very first pitch, forced him back into the strike zone. You guys were real patient. I mean, was that the scouting report as well? I know he had some walk issues in the past. Yeah, it, it was. He's got a really good stuff. You know, the, the fastball plays, got a good breaking ball, changeups outstanding. It's probably his best secondary pitch, but our guys did a nice job getting him in the strike zone, you know, created some traffic, and then, uh, you know, Kelly put some really good swings on him today. Those two at bats from Jared, he got down two strikes, he didn't chase work his way back in I mean is that what you are always hoping for is kind of that understanding of the strike zone and the discipline that maybe what might not have seen when you're 10 games into your major league debut yeah it's, he's he's slowing it down he, he obviously confidence does a lot to help that but uh, he's had so many you know big at bats for us in a short amount of time he's been in the big league so you know coming up with Mars a scoring position and he's that type of player he likes it um, and I think as his career moves on he was that's when he's going to be at his best, you know, when the game's on the line. So, um, you know, really nice, nice series for him. You know, he hits three home runs in this series, big doubles. Um, it's starting to come together. It's great to see. Hey, Scott, um, you mentioned how the two rookies kind of led the way today. Just how great is that and how rare is that, you know, as a team fighting for the playoffs to have two rookies contributing in the ways they have lately? Uh, I think it's very indicative of what we've talked about we're building here. Um, you know, in Seattle, we have a group of, you know, uh, young players that we, we believe in. Um, these are kind of the first couple to, to touch us. There's more coming behind it. But, you know, we're only in this position if the contributions from our veteran guys and up and down the lineup, what we've been able to do there. So, you know, when you get to the end of the year, everybody needs to, to step up and, uh, you know, seeing those young kids being relaxed, confidence growing, you know, and really feel good about what we have you know, to play for the rest of the season and, and beyond. And these guys are going to be a part of our future here for a long time. Scott, 460 feet from Jake Bowers. Uh, that We haven't seen that. I know he's put in a lot of work to try and find the barrel more. He had a 112-mile-per-hour hit yesterday as well. What, what are you seeing from him? You know, I, I give Jake Bowers a ton of credit. It has not been easy for him. But I go back to where we were a few months ago, kind of having a sit-down you know, meeting with him and, just giving him honest feedback um, where we thought he was at in his career and asking him to make some adjustments, everything in his preparation, 
of how he's going about his swing and then making some mechanical adjustments there. It has not showed up. We see it in batting practice. We see it in the practice all the time. It had not showed up in the game yet. And, you know, our hitting coaches are very bullish on it, said it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. He's hit some balls hard. Certainly the one last night that was smoked right at the right fielder. And we joked about it earlier today. I'm like, quit hitting him at them. You know, you don't get paid for doing that. <laughs> and uh, you can't control it. And, uh, you know, before he hit the long homer, you know, he flew out deep to left. And I said, stop hitting the left field, pull it. First pitch, <laughs> he pulls and I said, see happens when you listen so uh, joking around keeping it loose with these guys is what it's about and happy for him because he's put a lot of work in scott are you gonna let logan play the outfield after that play in the infield i was so excited he went after it. he actually called it and he came in the dugout and he dropped a let's go on everybody which is like unbelievable that came out of logan logan's mouth but uh you know love to see uh some of the emotion he's such a a, a big time competitor but he keeps it all inside so when you see it come out a little bit you know, his teammates react to it in a really good way. And again, can't say enough about the job he did today. And Logan Gilbert, who we just talked about a moment ago, a big day. Let's hear from the Mariners rookie starter. Kind of surprised myself there, but I just really wanted the last out and saw it up in the air. So I had to go get it. You were really good for, oh, go ahead. How would you rate your dismount on that and the, the tumble and everything? And even, Scott even said you gave a let's go when you got in the dugout. With those kind of things, it usually feels more graceful than it actually is. So I, I haven't seen the video yet, but I'm sure it didn't look as good as I thought it felt. So, but yeah, I was pretty pumped up after. You uh, you were really dialed in from the beginning today. You retired 17 of the first 18 that you saw, I think. Um, did you tell early on today that you were going to have a good day at throwing the ball? Uh, I felt pretty good. Uh, felt like I could work everything in there and attack them with all four. Uh, honestly, it was really hot. I was trying to just force contact a lot and get right after him. Um, and, you know, with our defense, especially JP's play out there, like things usually go well when they put the ball in play if it's not hard contact. So just trying to keep it going. Logan, I think you got seven swings and misses on the slider. You know, you've talked about making some adjustments with that pitch, trying to find the groove with it. Where is it at right now after today? Yeah, I felt pretty good. Um, I can tell the – good and the bad too between when I'm falling off with my body and when I stay online. So just that in itself too, I think the pitch has come a long way and feels better, but I also feel like I can get back on track quicker than I used to be able to um, with my body, with my arm and just getting in a good position to give myself a chance to make a, a quality pitch with, with the slider. Jared backed you up uh, with another homer today and another big day overall at the plate. Um, but that was kind of – you and him kind of led the way. Obviously, he talked about how it was kind of a whole group effort too. But with two rookies kind of leading the way like that, that's kind of rare for a contending team like that. So so what can you say to that and just the kind of day that he had? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's the Jared I know. That's who I've seen since low A. We've played together at just about every level. And um, that's the guy he is. That's the guy I think he's going to be for a really long time in this game. So – can't say enough good things about him and the, the entire offense in general. When they put up that many runs, especially early on, it really gives me a lot of confidence and freedom out there. So just really thankful that they were able to do that. And I'm sure that you'd be pleased with an outing like this, no matter when or where it came. But in the context of a you know wild card hunt like this, how much better does that make it feel knowing what you did for the team today in this important spot? Yeah, definitely. I think all these games now are, are must win. And that's how I look at it every time I go out there. But especially in a situation like this and September baseball is just so fun when you're in the hunt. So try to do everything I can to keep us in the game. 
And Jared Kelnick, five for nine in the series, three homers, two doubles, seven ribbies, three walks, and he bashed the ball all over the yard. The Exavilos were off the charts all the way around. Just a great series, and especially with hard hit rate, it's really a trend we've been seeing. Uh, a really good September. In fact, you look at the last four games now, he's seven for 13 with three homers and two doubles. He had two hits the game before the Kansas City series. So good stuff coming from Jared Kalnick. Here's what he had to say after the game. Just the kind of the strike zone recognition and the plate discipline that you showed today. Is that, has that been coming along? I mean, you know, you got to 0-2 twice, spit on some pretty close pitches and, and finally got stuff to work with. I mean, is that what you kind of want to get to or are you at where you want to be? Yeah, right now I feel like I'm in a really good groove and I'm really just going to try to keep this going. You look really comfortable at the plate, Jared. What What is it about it that makes you look, feel so comfortable right now? Is it the work? Is it the success? What is it? Uh, you know, it's just kind of just like my setup right now. So it's a real comfortable setup. Uh, and it's just allowing my hands to work and see the ball so, like, so much better than I usually am. So uh, I'm just, like I said, going to try to keep it going. Jared, your OPS for the series was 2.44. You ever had a series like that before? Uh, maybe down in the minor leagues. Uh, but obviously, it was. I felt like as a team today, we swung the bat really well. It wasn't even just me. Um, Logan, he had a, a heck of a day today. And I think overall, it was what we needed to bounce into uh, Oakland. Jared, what about the setup? It, it, like you said, you, it's, you simplified it to be comfortable. Is, was that just the thinking, go back to basics so you can get to where you want to once you start the swing, or how did that work? Oh, well, you know, it's just kind of like I, I'm starting with, like, the back kind of on my shoulder right now and just kind of resting it there uh, just because, it's you know, it's a comfortable setup, and my hands are so quick that um, as long as I'm comfortable and everything's on time, like, my hands are fast enough to get to it. Uh, you mean you saw that pitch that I hit off the wall in the first inning there. It was a 97-mile-an-hour fastball down, and I got to it easy. Hey, Jared, uh, you mentioned the outing Logan had today. You and him kind of led the way a couple of rookies. That's pretty kind of rare for a, for a contending team like this to have uh, big contributions like that from rookies. Just what can you say to that, and then how impressed were you overall by what he did today? Uh, you know, I think it's, it's good, uh, especially, I mean – it was, I, I know you said it was just, it was the both of us, but like, I think what kind of goes unnoticed is the series that Ty had this, these last three days. Uh, I mean, I think the first day he was two for two and he, I think he had three hits last night and three hits today or something like that, like, or two hits last night, something like that. Um, but, you know, overall, I think it was a really, it was a good series for us as a team. And then talking about Logan, I mean, that's, that's what we all want to see. And I know that's what he wants to see. And, um, you know, he pitched his tail off today. And I know that he's going to take that into his next start. Jared, how would you uh, assess his pop fly catching skills on that infield pop up there for Logan? The most impressive part was he actually called it. <laughs> Why you wouldn't normally do that? I mean, the fact a pitcher can think to call it and then try to go catch it is more impressive than the catch itself. Also, Bowers goes 460 into the waterfalls. I mean, you're there, and I see you out working with him. This guy's putting in a ton of work 
with not always all the playing time in the world. I mean, how cool is it to see a guy that's putting in the work, trying to make some changes, get the result like that? Bauer is another guy extremely talented that I don't think gets enough love. Um, but just because he, he works so hard and like you said, the playing time maybe isn't exactly what he would want, but the biggest thing about Bowers is he's always ready whenever we need him. And it seems that every time we put him in a position, he always succeeds. And to see him, you know, hit a ball that far was awesome. And finally, when you get a water home run, when you put one in the fountains, you got to hear from Jake Bowers. Jake, off the bat, I'm sure you knew it was gone, but did you know it had 460 feet? And your teammates seemed to be going pretty crazy at that blast. Um, I mean, I knew I got into it a little bit. I didn't know I had 460 in me. I think um, that part caught me off guard. But, uh, yeah, no, swing felt good. Obviously felt good off the bat. It just uh, felt good to finally pull one over the fence. You've been working. I mean, obviously – we see you out pregame and even doing early work, putting in a ton of work with Laker. And, and I know they Laker mentioned just trying to find the barrel more, trying to get some elevation. Where do you think you're at in that process? I know they've asked you to make some changes and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, we're getting there. We're getting there. I mean, it seems like um, anytime I work through something, something else might pop up. So, I mean, it's definitely a process, like you said. But uh, I feel like we're on the right track. And, I mean, at the end of the day um, – that's kind of all that matters at this point. Uh, just trying to make the at-bats that I do get productive and, and try and use them to kind of keep moving forward. You feel like there it is the right trend, though, in terms of where you want to consistently kind of find the barrel more? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think if you look at my past, I don't know what it is, like 12, 13 at-bats, there's been a few that I hooked foul that would have been homers, a bunch of flyouts to the warning track. I mean, even my first at-bats of the day of the today so yeah i mean i think we're on the right track i think um i think yeah yeah everything's going good hey jake um obviously you guys don't have the full stat cast and everything in the minors and stuff but 460 you know is that maybe the longest number you've ever hit or did that feel like maybe the longest number you've ever hit i feel like it's gotta be i feel like it's gotta be i mean there was some in uh big league spring training a few years ago that i got into pretty well but um yeah, yeah. I mean, we might as well call that the furthest I've had. And then, uh, and then I got to ask, as someone who spent a good amount of time in the outfield, what do you think of Logan's catch there at the end of the seventh and coming off the mound for that one? I mean, impressive catch, but uh, I told him I saw his life flash before my eyes with uh, Demo running in there. I thought he was going to catch a knee to the forehead or something like that. So uh, luckily we avoided that and, uh, and he caught the ball. Jake, you know, these guys, the, the team seems really invested in you and still investing in you getting better moving forward. I mean, how important is that? And do you feel like this is an organization, a place you have a place with this organization after kind of having to bounce around a bit? Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like they believe in me and like, uh, I feel like just continuing to put that work in and continuing to get back to where I feel like I should be and feel like I, I can be is, uh, is a big thing. And so for them to not only, you know, keep me around, but also give me some at bats and then let me work through some of these things. Um, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, uh, everything in this game is, uh, it's tough to come by. It's tough to come by, you know, at bats in the big leagues. And so when you do get them, you got to take advantage of them and for them to continue to show that kind of belief in me. Yeah. It means a lot. I think people 
because you've been around for a while, you got called up at such a young age. You're, it's not like you're an old guy by any means. You know, it's not like you've aged out or anything. You're still yeah. in early 20s. I mean, there's, there's a lot of baseball probably still left ahead, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, uh, my big league career so far has been, you know, not something out of a storybook or anything like that. Obviously, it's been a struggle to uh, kind of establish myself, but um, I feel like we're on the right track here. I feel like, you know, we're talking about what I'm working towards. I feel like we're working towards that. And, uh, you know, every day something clicks. Every day we make a little bit of adjustment, a tweak here, there. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's it's coming along. All right. So the Mariners take the series over Kansas City. They start a four-gamer with the Oakland A's. And all of a sudden the Oakland A's – They've won five games in a row now. They're just two back of the second wild card. Red Sox have won five in a row. They hold the first wild card. They're a game up on the Blue Jays, who right now, after winning two in a row and now seven and three in their last ten, they hold the second spot. Yankees have dropped two in a row, so they're a game and a half back at Toronto and just a half game up on Oakland. As I mentioned, Oakland two back. The Mariners four back, so two back of the Oakland A's. So a lot of big games as Oakland is trying to track down Toronto for the second spot. It's not going to be easy. Boston and Toronto are playing so well right now. But uh, Mariners and A's start a whole long stretch. <laughs> Seven games between one another before the end of the season. A four-gamer that starts tonight. 6.40 first pitch, Tuesday 6.40, Wednesday 6.40, and then day baseball on Thursday uh, 1237 first pitch and then the Mariners continue what is a long last road trip of the season it will be the Angels after that for three games next weekend to round out the final road trip of the season Sean Manaya will go for Oakland in game one Tyler Anderson will oppose him it'll be Marco against Paul Blackburn again which is always fun in game two Chris Flexen Cole Irvin in game three and you say Kikuchi, James Caprellian in game four of the series. So that's how it lines up between the Mariners and the Oakland A's. In the meantime, how about our conversation with Keaton Gologoli? Uh, it was so much fun, uh, and it was so fast and so quick that it almost just went by too quickly. The last, the last inning, the ninth inning, took uh, under two and a half minutes, and it was just Man, it was a, a four-year college guy who was carving up some young hitters, and then we had a reliever come in and throw the last two innings, and he retired all six with 18 pitches and 15 strikes. We saw some great defense and some weird plays, and man, it was uh, it was fun. It was just it was one of those memorable nights that you won't forget for forever, the whole career. Keaton, when were you aware that you might have something there? Honestly, the first inning, uh, Jimmy Kingsbury, 17th round pick out of Villanova in 2021. He came out and you could see all four of his pitches were moving. And, you know, one of the weird things about the new low A West this year is some of the di disparity in the experience. So we had this four year college kid going against uh, a fairly young uh, lineup for the A's affiliate, the Stockton ports. And you saw that first inning, he kind of had it going and he retired the first 70 face. And, you know, he hadn't even given up a base runner until the third inning. And, and that was a strikeout wild pitch. That was the first base runner and that was that was like the eighth hitter of the game so right away you could see his stuff was kind of going and it was one of those games that kind of just kept building but you figured something was going to happen because banner island ballpark where the stockton ports play is first of all a band box it's super tiny and the wind was blowing out harder than it had all season long i mean it was like 15 to 20 miles an hour straight to center field so you figured oh a fly ball is going to sneak out like whatever but nope just kept getting out is this your first no hitter that you've had a chance to call 
Yeah, first no-hitter for the team that I'm broadcasting for, although one of the Mariners affiliates actually threw a no-hitter against the Modesto Nuts back in 2016. That was their final year uh, with the Bakersfield Blaze. So they got to send the Blaze out in a blaze of glory. And uh, and so, yes, I have seen a no-hitter before, but uh, this would be – that was the first time I had seen one live ever from start to finish, and then this is the first one I had the chance to call myself. So. So I was reading the Jason Stark article about pitch clock, which uh, I'm not alone. That, that was a popular topic yesterday. And I thought, well, we have an expert that I can talk to about this. So what has been your view of the pitch clock? How has it worked in the league this year? Uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's worked pretty well. It depends on, depends on what, you're, uh, what you're evaluating it on. What is working well? Uh, first of all, if you're just looking at time of games, they're way down. They're down by about 20 minutes. That's a very accurate number that was in the uh, in the piece. One of the things that we've seen seen from it too is consistency of game time. I mean, really, you can get a feel for how long that game is going to be. Like, it, you know, it's going to be around 240. The pitchers are working really quickly. You're going to get to 230. And if you have the if you have some games that are you know, pitchers aren't doing so great. They're walking a lot of guys, a big offensive game. You can have a combined 30 runs in a game that goes three hours and five minutes, three hours and 10 minutes. Like nobody's going to complain about that. That's a, that's a normal time for a baseball game. So there's been a little bit of consistency and we haven't had a lot of those uh, runaway games uh, uh, throughout the year. So I, I think that's been part of it. The other part is it's fast. I mean, it really, really is quick. The first time they enforced it because they didn't install these pitch clocks until the first week of June, they gave us one week to practice with it, and they started enforcing it right away. The first game, those pitchers got so sped up. I mean, it completely threw everybody off. It was a, all kind of a helter-skelter rhythm, so it took a little while, but now we really don't think about it too much. It's a little bit of an eyesore seeing the big yellow LED lights out in center field, but that's okay. So, yeah, you know, it, it has, it's been pretty good. And, you know, talking to some of the guys, there's still a few things I think to iron out, but it's got a chance to be a pretty effective silver bullet. For people that don't know, how quick is the clock? What are we looking at? Yeah, so it's uh, 15 seconds with runners on, and that's from when the pitcher gets to the top of the mound, and then you have to deliver the pitch. So, you know, actually start your rotation, not come set like you have at AA and AAA. So it's uh, 15 seconds with runners on, 17 seconds with nobody on base. Now, there are two other rules here that are really, really key that I felt like weren't really brought up uh, in that athletic piece. And the first thing is that the uh, the catchers can call timeout and that the hitters uh, can only call timeout one time. So the hitters are only allowed to be granted time once during the uh, the plate appearance and that the pitchers have the limited step-off rule. That is the key. That is the keystone, that you only get two step-offs or pickoffs per plate appearance. And on the third, you have to record an out or a bulk is ruled. If you don't have the limited step-offs, then the pitch clock is completely nullified and it will do nothing for you. So as much as this has been a, a bit of a silver bullet to get that dead time out of the game, you have to have that limited step-off rule. And I don't know if Major League Baseball and if the players are going to be ready for that sort of thing, but that is absolutely that something that has to be uh, coming with it. And it does really change the complexion of how you're working as a pitcher. And it goes against a lot of the things that we've taught our pitchers. When you look at the game today, the big league game, the triple-A game, especially right now, there is a lot of dead time. The guys take a long time to go through everything. They're taking all of these moments. You don't have that with this pitch clock. And when, when you tell these pitchers for years that you have the ball, you set the tempo, if things aren't going right, break up the tempo. If you want to hold a runner on, break up the tempo. Really try to dictate that. Now it's the clock dictating that. 
And that's a completely different break from everything everybody's been taught for a long time. So if we're willing to relearn that, this can help. But this is not just as easy as implement it and it's going to fix everything up at the higher levels, especially for guys who are a little more established because the guys down here don't really know better. They haven't really been playing that long. They're still getting into their rhythm. They're still building out their routine. And so to have guys who have done something one way for 10, 12, 13 years is going to be different for them to adapt to it than the guys who are in their first professional season. Now, if a pitcher goes over the clock, a ball is automatically called. Do you see this being enforced? Yeah, there's a little bit of a feel thing for the umpires. And remember, too, the hitters can also be given an auto strike. If they are not alert, the word is alert. If they are not alert to the pitcher, ready to hit at the eight-second mark on the clock, an auto strike can be called, which I've seen. So we've seen maybe five or six. The umpires have tried to do a nice job of having a little bit of feel. You know, if a guy, if it's the catcher leading off after he was on base, they give the extra time. Uh, you know, if a guy is stepping in and he's tapping the plate at eight seconds and he's about to look up, they're not caught in the auto strike. Sometimes you have a guy who's set and you can tell he's been set for a moment and he's about to deliver the pitch. If it goes dark, they're not, they're not calling time as a guy is delivering. So there's a little bit of feel there. And I think that's one thing too, that's a little bit of a drawback. When you have a rule that you are kind of selectively enforcing, that mm -hmm. really opens up a pretty gnarly can of worms when you're at the big league level. You know, there was a play for us uh, earlier in the year against San Jose. It was one of their prospects at the plate, and it was a one-run game. And he was not alert to the pitcher until about the five-second mark. They didn't call it, and then he hits the go-ahead RBI double. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that was a natural RBI double in the rhythm. But by rule, that should have been called an auto strike and they should have reset it. And so it's one of those things where like, yeah, the baseball field did take over, but now we're selectively enforcing a rule. So there could be another situation, I think, where maybe you add two or three seconds to it. But you, if you keep that step off rule and the potential penalty for a hitter, that's where you can get it. So this one's probably still just a little bit too quick because I, I liken the pace that we've gotten to uh, two different things. So, you know, when you're walking to work and you're on your commute and you're walking and you're trying to get there and you get your errands done, that's one thing. And then there's that pace of a stroll you have in the park after dinner and you're enjoying the sunset with your significant other and you're doing whatever you do. The pace at times feels a little bit like a work pace. Like I'm trying to get to the train. I don't want to be late for work. I want to hurry up and get this game over with. And so there's been a little bit of that at times. And, and I found myself missing a little bit of that, just that, that casual, like I'm at a game feel that you don't always have. And that's not necessarily a bad thing or anything, but it is one of those things that I feel like wasn't brought up and it is lacking just a little bit at this level right now. So if you were commissioner for a day, is this something you would enact? And if so, would you tweak it or what tweaks would you make? I would enact it and I would enact it with a slightly longer pitch clock, but with basically the same rules, I would go to 20 seconds with runners on and I would go to 17 seconds with uh, with nobody on, I would keep the two step off or pick off rule per plate appearance, because one of the things that is done is has increased stolen bases. In a lot of ways, this has been a silver bullet. We're getting more stolen bases. You have to be more aware. And the other thing that our pitching coach, Nathan Bannister expressed to me was that it's putting a little bit more of the game into the player's hands, which I was surprised to hear him say, he was talking about how these guys, because you have the limited time between pitches, you have to be so prepared because you don't have the time to just call time and run over everything. And if you're somebody who wants to see a little less of the front office influence in the game, if you want to see a little bit more of a player driven game, 
this has brought that out a little bit because there's not the time to be able to go out and talk through all of these different things and use unlimited timeouts. And so just a little bit extra time, I think could be pretty valuable, but you got to keep the, the potential penalty for a hitter at the eight second mark. And you have to keep the limited step off rules. Those are the two big keys to this. And that's the reason that things have moved along so quickly.